This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Bharati Jagdish and Timothy Go being joined now by Singapore editor of the Straits Times Zakir Hussain for a deep dive into some key local headlines. Now with air travel recovering at a faster than expected pace, Singapore's two terminals have indeed seen a surge in traffic and you may have experienced this when flying out in recent weeks, especially during peak periods. Tim will be about to experience this week. Looking forward to it. In fact, passenger volumes here in Singapore have increased almost tenfold since the partial reopening of borders in September of 2021. Take, for example, in April this year, traffic up 40% from pre-pandemic levels. So it's a little surprising as the Changi Airport has confirmed it will resume operations at T2 from May 29th after a two-year shutdown. It's, of course, another significant milestone on the road to recovery and raises some interesting questions for Singapore Airlines operations as well. So to find out more, let's speak with Zakir. Hi, Zakir. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me again. So, Zakir, when the upgrading works are completed by 2024, the expansion of T2 will raise the terminal's capacity by 5 million to 28 million passenger movements per year. What else can travellers really expect in this phase of the reopening? I mean, are there any implications of arriving at T2 as well? I think, you know, they've mentioned a much larger arrival immigration hall, a more automated immigration lanes. So I think, you know, the sort of pre-COVID expectation that from the moment your plane touches down at Changi till the time you collect your bags shouldn't take more than 12 minutes. I think that's still going to be possible with some of these upgrades. 12 minutes. Wow. One of the things I am expecting from the whole immigration clearing process here is I think they've been changing all those thumbprint biometric system into a facial one. Will we see this in T2 as well? That's right. I mean, I think gradually we'll see that in place and it should be a lot easier to sort of clear immigration once that's in place. So less touch points as well for arriving passengers. That's right. It's all cleaner, right? And I think yes. it's for safety purposes as well. So renovations right. at T2 will continue even as operations resume, we understand. A target right. completion date by the end of 2023 or early 2024. Tell us what else we can look forward to when the terminal is fully opened, Zakir. So I think you'll likely see larger collection belts to handle more bag. I think as travel volume picks up. But I expect some of the facilities and shops might probably also see a bit of a refresh. Hmm. We're not sure yet, but I think some of that will probably be announced closer to when fuller reopening takes place. Let's talk about Singapore Airlines because they were, prior to Mm -hmm. the pandemic, operating at both T2 and T3. And then they consolidated everything under T3 during the pandemic. Will they be moving back to T2 to ease Well, we've been hearing a lot of congestions, for example, in those business class lounges that people go into before their flight at T3. So will they be spreading this out to T2 again? What's their plan? Mm -hmm. I expect they would shift the operations back to T2. I think even gradually, as some of the operations only resume in part, you know, they've always retained some flexibility to use some of the Terminal 2 gates to accommodate the growing volume of flights, even though you might check in or, you know, you might clear immigration at Terminal 3 or Terminal 1, you are in effect using Terminal 2 because of the seamlessness of of the connection. I expect we might see more of that taking place. Mm. The fact is that the recovery of the commercial aviation sector has exacerbated challenges, hasn't it? Such as the lack of manpower. And I know that they are hiring, they are on a hiring spree, but will it work? How can the issue be mitigated moving forward? 
I expect we'll see what manpower strap sectors will have to go through in the coming months, I mm-hmm. guess. They'll have to make work conditions or remuneration more attractive. They'll have to ramp up recruitment. And I think as travel picks up, I think we'll probably see some of these challenges being addressed, hopefully. If not, I guess, you know, I think gradual wage increases for those in the sector could be a hit. Just to attract them to come and work at Changi mm-hmm. Airport. Let me just throw this up to you, Zach, here, since we're talking about a terminals. What about Terminal 4? Are there any plans? Are there yeah. been talk about resuming operations there? So, none yet, but I expect that, again, will be a matter of time. I think once mm. the capacity at the three terminals moves closer to, you know, perhaps 75 or 80 percent of pre-COVID capacity, Mm -hmm. I think we might see plans for Terminal 4 in the works. After all, you know, it did have a refresh. It was one of the most modern airports in Singapore before the pandemic started. (laughs) That's right, yeah. And I expect that, you know, there were a few airlines that had a strong presence there. And I think once travel volume picks up, I think it's just a matter of time. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Let's broaden our discussion, Zakir. Let's talk about recovery in general. We're also seeing Mm. that schools are poised to resume overseas trips for students with COVID-19 restrictions eased. How exactly will schools be adjusting to all of this? So I think, you know, they're still proceeding cautiously. I think at the coming school holidays, you're not going to see very many trips. But I think they've put out the tender for sort of consultancy on some other issues, not just trips, but health-related issues, emergency alert, and the events of possible situations that might crop up. I think many parents are still concerned about sending their kids on these trips. Mm. So I think they do want to make sure that some of these are addressed especially if they do plan to go on year-end trips or even trips perhaps, you know, over a long weekend that might not be for very long. You know, much like the aviation industry, Zakir, businesses here are also seeing a boom, right? But businesses are keeping part of their COVID strategies (laughs) in place, it seems. And I think that's a wise thing to do, right? This isn't behind us completely. Plus, who knows, there might be another pandemic. Yeah, that's right. So I think you could see, in a way, COVID-19 for some of the businesses to, you know, if they weren't online, they moved towards having an online presence. If they weren't into flexible hours, and not just flexi work, but sort of being available at flexible hours to cater to customers who might not be able to, say, turn up at a tailoring outlet, you know, between nine to five. So I think some of these adjustments are likely to be in place, even as we kind of recover from the pandemic. Yeah, all the, you know, appointment only things. Those are kind of good, actually, because you don't have to wait for too long. You don't have to crowd at everybody else like we did before. So those are some of the lessons we learned from COVID business strategy, right? Let's talk about the delays for BTO developments. Is there any relief for them or any news that uh, you can update us on? So I think it's tough to say that, you know, but I think when the legal obligations are not met, I guess compensation kicks in. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing that for about maybe 200 units in Anchorville and Singhan for a new project. But, you know, it's a short reimbursement based on estimates of a delay. And really, it's meant to help cover the inconvenience as well as the possible imputed rental that a home buyers might have to fork out as a result of the delay. But having said that, we're seeing BTO launches coming up. And I think there's talk of National Development Minister Desmond Lee posted just a little while ago about possible further BTO launches coming up. I think there's demand and I think the waiting time may be longer, but it seems like the flats will be built. It's just a matter of time. 
Mm, but the problem is also similar to what we're seeing in the aviation sector. There are manpower issues as well in this regard. <laughs> right. The rising cost of materials, that is also creating cost pressures. So we can talk about delays, but are we also expecting much higher costs for buyers? I think it's not being sort of put out there, but I think, yes, I think realistically, we should be expecting higher costs. Thanks very much for that, Zakir. Zakir Hussein, Singapore editor at The Straits Times. Thanks for joining us. The SG Extra podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.